The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. It's my number one value and, and principles in my life is that you're 100% responsible for your life. 100%. You create your life. And I think that's the biggest thing that motivated me when I first started getting into this space because I had that epiphany, that realization, wait, I can control the outcome to an extent. You know, obviously we want to leave room for the universe to do its thing, but, you know, I can control whether or not I'm successful, whether or not I'm happy in a great relationship in the body that I love being in. That's in my control. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast. Last week, we had a reality star Mercedes, and this week we have Mimi Bouchard. She is an entrepreneur, and she is an expert when it comes to meditation. This episode goes all over the place. It's very calming. It's going to give you tools, tactics, resources on how to have more peace in your life and how to hustle. She is a very impressive person to me. Yeah, she's a real hustler. And you could get that, you know, within five seconds of talking to her. I always admire people that, you know, really just go after it, put it out there, you know, take chances, try to create a path that is unique for themselves. Um, and, you know, just like really push the boundaries. And I think that she does that. Mimi launched her app, the Superhuman app, which we are giving 15 memberships away at the end of this episode. So make sure you stay tuned. It's a meditation app. I'm absolutely obsessed with her legs up meditation. Her voice is so soothing and peaceful. I will just lay on my crystal mat, put my legs up and listen to her voice. And it immediately just grounds me. I really respect her in this space. She has a beautiful Instagram. And with that, let's meet entrepreneur and badass Mimi Bouchard. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. We are in studio with someone that I have wanted to podcast with for a while. We're doing a podcast swap with her too. But we were just talking off air about all the different places you've lived. And I feel like a lot of people, especially right now, are starting to examine that they don't actually want to live in a place for 20 years. Can you speak on all the different places that you've lived and why you decided to leave Canada in the first place? Yeah, for sure. So when I was 18, I left home. I was born and raised in Toronto and I just needed to get out of there. So I picked, well, I thought I was supposed to go to university because that's what everyone else was doing. And I was pretty lost at the time. So I picked Halifax, which was a very long flight for in Canada from Toronto. And I went to this university there for like a semester and a half until I realized it was just not my thing. I really just did not do well at that place or any big schooling system. I think I just, I repelled it. (laughs) But um, yes, when I was 18, I moved there and then I decided to go to London. And at the time I had started my fashion blog, I was 18, wanted to do my own thing. And I just coded this website, learning on YouTube, how to figure it out. Cause I didn't have money at the time. So I just wanted to make it work. And I decided to leave school. My parents and grandparents weren't very happy. So I negotiated my way to do an online or not an online. I negotiated my way to do a one month long course in London. 
It was like a fashion Hold journalism course. You negotiated course. your way. What does that mean? Like you bribed your parents? <laughs> let, let me let me let me get deep with that. What do you mean you negotiated? Oh yeah, I'm I'm good at getting what I want in ways. So I knew how to work my parents, my grandparents. They were like, no, I go to school. And I was like, no, I feel like I'm meant for different things in my life. You know, I just don't feel like I can grow here. These are the prime years of my life, and I want to be an entrepreneur. So I decided. I was like, you know, I'm leaving school. I'm taking this big risk, and I'm gonna go on some journey. I don't know what it is. Give me a year. I really want to make this fashion blog work. I'm like, give me one year and I'll go back to school if I fail. My parents were like, okay, you know, we, we really don't want you to, but you know, how about you do a course when you go abroad? So I found this like one month long fashion journalism course in London. And I picked London because it's like a, an English speaking city. And I went there, I packed my bags and I just went and fell in love with the city and was applying for a two-year working visa when I was there for the month and then moved a few months later. And I was there for almost six years. And then, yeah. And then I lived in France for a few months after that, traveled around a lot. And then now I'm in the Bahamas. I think that I saw you on Made in Chelsea. How does that happen? And what really goes into filming a reality show like that? Because it is like the hills. From what I've heard, it's like the hills, you told me off air, of England, correct? Yeah, I was on there. It was years ago. And yeah, I was young and naive. So I was in London for a year working my butt off, trying to make it work. And then I started freaking out because I didn't have a visa uh, for the year after that. And I really wanted to get a a visa because I didn't want to go back to Canada. And I started trying to figure out ways to stay. And at the time with my fashion blog, I started doing videos on YouTube, which are thankfully not there anymore because they were very embarrassing. (laughs) But I think we all have those things online that you just, you got to, keep private Post for now. Post a throwback one day, just to, just one day. to remind us. <laughs> it was cute. It was cute. But yeah, anyway, so I started doing a lot of video content and I loved it. So I thought, okay, TV. I would love to do TV. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. That would get me a visa here in London. And I want to do TV presenting. Like I just, I want to try it out. So at the time I was working at a juice bar in the mornings and then I would go intern at this styling agency getting paid $8 an hour on the other side of town. Then I'd come back to the the other side of town where I initially was. And then I'd go babysit for a nanny for this Italian family at night and then work on my blog after that. So that was like my whole year there. And then during the time I was at the juice bar, I was like, okay, how do I meet people that can get me into the TV industry? Like your network is your net worth. I was reading a lot of personal development books at the time. And then I decided that I'm just going to cold DM all these people. So I was sitting at the juice bar when no people were in the juice bar. I would literally take my phone, copy and paste the same message to hundreds hundreds of people. No and like matter what, what type of people were those? Was like what I type would of Google you? literally people who work in TV in London. <laughs> like that's I what I did. I fucking love this. This, this is, is so this is finding angles. Go on. Yeah, no, I did anything I could and I didn't know anyone. So I knew a lot of people in Canada, you know, born and raised there, but I knew no one in London. Like absolutely no one. So I needed to figure out how I could, you know, network and and meet people that I wanted to potentially work with one day or, you know, meet people through them. So and wait, one, one question. Why why did you choose London? Because that's just where I went for that fashion journalism course. And I just, it just happened. But and did I, you pick that course because you knew you wanted to go to London? or were you no, just, no, no, okay. no. I just Googled courses okay, like okay. in Europe okay, or something. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, London was still in Europe. So yeah, I was messaging all these people. I probably messaged like 500 people. And it was the same message. I remember it perfectly. It was, hey, like I'm new to London. Can I pick your brain and take you for coffee about the TV industry? I'm really interested. And 
one person answered out of those 500. And she brought me to my first event. And it was like a PR event. So I met so many people there. And then it started just like the spider web. You know, I met this person, that person. and I just networked like crazy trying to make ends meet and trying to figure out a way for my for me to get into the TV industry and presenting. I go to another event a couple months later and I meet my old agent and she says, Mimi, it's going to be really hard for you to find a presenting job here because they want a British accent and they won't get you a visa right away because you have to really work yourself up in this industry. But if you go on this other show, me and Chelsea, I'll start representing you right away and they'll get you a visa. And I said, honestly, I've never thought I would do reality, but okay. Like I just really wanted to stay in London. And long story short, you know, I was on the show for a few years. Um, I was never really like a main character on it, but they definitely manipulated and it's a very fake show. And I'm happy to say it, you know, I used it as much as they used me. And I was very naive oh my God, at the I time. Love that. I used it as much as it used me. That's <laughs> no, amazing. like it's true. And like they would air things that were just so awful. Like there was this girl on the show once like called me fat on TV and like they aired it and they didn't tell me that she said that. It was in a scene I wasn't in and I saw it and I was just like horrified because at the time I had a different body and I wasn't taking care of myself as much. And it was really sad, especially because I did struggle with like disordered eating and like it was really bad. So she called you fat on the television show yeah. and they aired it? Like in one of those yeah. confessionals or one of the like no, just no, no, a different no. scene? It wasn't like that. It was like it was just in another scene. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, they kind of painted me out to be this like bad guy when I'm literally, it was just so far from the truth. And thankfully that was like years ago. I left like four years ago. So my audience now, I have worked really hard to kind of change that. It definitely gave me, I don't regret it because it gave me a platform. And I, like I said, I used it. Like they used me. But ever since I left, um, like you just lose followers because you're not relevant for that show anymore. But I've been gaining followers from my meditation app and from what I do with the personal de development stuff. So now my audience, like I'm losing like 20,000 followers a month and then gaining 21,000 or something. But I'll, I'll tell but you something people. like sitting in the, like, like I'll put my like network executive hat on, right? And I always tell people like, I don't care at all about what the following is, even from the brand perspective. Yeah. It means it's, it's literally like, do you have an audience that cares about what you're saying and what you're doing? Right. Right. Like so many, I think so many creators forget that and they start thinking it's about this number and this level of fame. Like you can look at really famous people that may be spectacles, but when it comes to actually like providing a message or moving the needle on something like they don't do anything right they're just kind of spectacles yeah. right? i think there's a distinguished to make so to me it's always about impact and engagement and do, does somebody actually um, have something to say that people want to listen to there is one thing that i cannot handle and that is michael bostick complaining and when he throws his back out it is as if he is dying so the other day he was working out with our trainer here in Austin and he threw his back out. And I am telling you, I at every turn was reminded that his back hurt. So here's what I did. I gave him a little roller ball of CBD, put it on his back. And then I used our Theragun. And this is like this handheld therapy device and it releases your deepest muscle tension. He was in heaven. This mixed with the CBD just opened his back, relaxed his muscles. I did it for like 10 minutes straight. And I am telling you guys, and this is crazy. He stopped complaining. This is like, we need a round of applause here. The Theragun saved his life. It saved my life. I wouldn't have been able to get anything done with my razor launch had we not nipped this in the bud. The one that we like is the Theragun Gen 4. 
that is the best one in my opinion. I just feel like it really works for breaking up the muscle. I personally like to use it on my neck. I have huge boobs. And sometimes my neck just feels like it's jolting forward. So to sit down and watch Real Housewives with my Theragun is very efficient. You can make your partner stop complaining. I mean, it just does so many things. There's so many athletes that love it. Hundreds of thousands of customers and me, Michael too. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. That is crazy. You're going to go to theravadi.com slash skinny right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash skinny, therabody.com slash skinny. I think that one thing that's so interesting about you that I'd like to dive deeper on is that you transformed your life. And and to me, it seems like in every way. I know that you you had weight loss and we can talk about that because I'm sure some of the audience wants to know, but you also transformed to me your your energy, your ether, your environment. There's a lot of transformation that's happening. Yeah. How did that start? Did it start on Made in Chelsea? And can you really walk us through that evolution? Absolutely. So I started getting really into this space of personal development when I was I would say 18, like when I left home, I was going through a really pivotal time in my life. I was, you know, in my tiny residence room in university before leaving, locked myself in my room and decided I wouldn't leave until I figured out what I wanted to do with my life. I was reading my first personal development book, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. It was like the Bible to me at the age. It was the perfect um, book to start with. And anyone listening that has never read a personal development book, which I doubt because you're listening to this podcast, um, definitely read that book. It was just kind of the basics. Yeah. So, so I kind of just delved into that and it was really, I hate the word, but it was a journey. You know what I mean? It was a journey And then I started meditating as well around the same time. And I can't say that I had this massive shift like overnight. It really did take years. And on the show, I just didn't feel like myself at all. And it was kind of a gray area time because I was partying a lot and I just wasn't being in tune with myself. I wasn't me. And it was after I left and after I started dating my boyfriend, Ben, actually, where I stopped drinking and I just really started doing the inner work. And every single morning I would do my morning routine and I would journal and I would meditate. And then I started recording these voice notes to myself that I would listen to in the morning. And they're like motivational little voice notes because I I wanted to feel motivated in the morning. I didn't know how. And then with my podcast microphone, because I've had my podcast for years, I started um, in GarageBand, like putting music to these motivational pep talks. And I'd start listening to those in the morning. And then, you know, a couple years later, who would have known that I now have a motivational meditation app? And it's now something that has kind of created from that from that place of recording for myself, you know? So it really just, there was no aha moment. It was really gradual and just doing the work and being consistent. But I do feel like this year I've looked back and I'm like, wow, it's taken like this year, I've really noticed the massive transformation and change, like just in my, in my, like inside, right? Like my mind and my, the way I think and the way I act, my energy is completely different. And even my OG podcast listeners will say like, whoa, you've changed so much. And I'm like, oh, like I didn't even think that, you know, the podcast could have exuded that massive transformation, but it's just been me becoming more and more myself. And it wasn't this big change where I've become this whole new person. I'm just becoming who I've always been. And I lost myself for a little while. And I think it started around the age of 12 or 13 until two years ago. Honestly, I just lost myself. I wasn't... How did you lose yourself? Get get more detailed with that. I started caring a lot, but 
other people thought of me. I became really insecure. I kind of went through a hard time when I was like a teenager. And yeah, like I just, it, I wasn't me. I, I put on this like fake confidence and it wasn't me. And I just was lost. I, that's all I can, I can say. I was just lost. And I was just doing things for the wrong reasons, just trying to be accepted by people. And now it's just like, I do everything for myself and to serve people. And I know it sounds really tacky, but like my mission in my, in my life, like I'm living my truth, like this meditation app, like what I'm doing now, where I'm living, everything I do is just so aligned. And I am really happy that I reached this point at this age, but I had to go through so much life to get here. When you say you stopped drinking, did you stop drinking because you just didn't want alcohol in your life? You had a problem. Why did you decide to stop drinking? I definitely was partying too much. And that was like, I was young. I was in London. I was having fun and going out a lot. And it was kind of the environment I was in. And I never felt good being in that environment. It was just, it wasn't aligned with me. And I don't not drink. I have, you know, a glass of wine here and there every couple months. But the drinking and partying and going out late, it just, it really messed with my headspace. It really, I lost myself again when I would be doing those things. And I didn't like how I felt. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like, you know, my self-image when I would be drinking and partying. And it's a great way to get clear is to stop drinking. And I don't think you need to cut it out severely if you don't have an issue with it. I don't think I was ever um, addicted. I, I just followed the crowd, but it just, it didn't make me feel good. And the habit of going out and drinking every week just really deterred me. And I truly believe that if you want to reach massive success in your life, you're going to have to reevaluate your habits. What are you doing that may make you average? And I hate you know, sometimes people dislike me using the word average in a negative way, but I do. Who would want an average life? Well, it's truthful, right? Like people, it's, it's, was I talking to you about this, Lauren, about like people look at sacrifices like they're losing something, but you really should look at sacrifices like you have the ability to gain something. That's why you make a sacrifice, right? That's the only reason you make a sacrifice because you're gaining something somewhere else. And people like, if you just talk about, like, just take the topic of building a business or building a brand, like, that takes a lot of focus and a lot of concentration. And if you're spending a good amount of your time going out, partying, drinking, you know, ruining your mind, smashing yourself every night, like, that's going to take a lot of the focus away. And then you're competing with people that may have a tremendous amount of focus. And so they're going to surpass you because they're not doing some of those poor behaviors. You know what I like to call that? The investor's mentality. That's actually a chapter in my book that I'm writing. Have an investor's mentality towards life. Obviously, we know about investing money, you know, putting some aside now to reap the benefits later in 10 years, 20 years. Why don't you have an investor's mentality towards your life? That's so smart. Like, look at your whole life like you're investing in it. Invest in yourself when you wake up in the morning, when you do your morning meditation, even if you don't feel like it, when you actually bring yourself back to earth for a second before arguing with your partner and just think to yourself, okay, like, you know, if I'm going to be snappy, like that's like the compound effect, the snappier you are, the worse the relationship gets. Like, that's just a small example. But, you know, it's, I always believe, and this is one of my number one beliefs, my number one value and and principles in my life is that you're a hundred percent responsible for your life, 100%. And so many people want to fight me on that. But honestly... Well, if it's not you, then who is it? 
you're 100% responsible and you create your life. And I think that's the biggest thing that motivated me when I first started getting into this space because I had that epiphany, that realization, wait, I can control the outcome to an extent. You know, obviously we want to leave room for the universe to do its thing, but, you know, I can control whether or not I'm successful, whether or not I'm happy in a great relationship in the body that I love being in. That's in my control. And when I realized that, this this fire just started building inside of me and I was young and I was ambitious and I was just going for it. And I'm really, really grateful for that version of me because it brought me here and I'm still trying to evolve and be better. And in my ways now, of course, I, everyone always has things they're working on, but I'm a different person. What I really like about you and why I wanted to bring you on the podcast is I think that you weren't taking no for an answer from anyone and you created something out of nothing. And I have so much respect for that because it's not easy. I would love for you to tell our audience a couple of tangible things that they can do daily. Obviously, meditation, any little things that you think can make them sort of transform their life over a period of time. All right, we have discussed the importance of therapy in this podcast many times. I know I first tried therapy when I was 18 years old. I was dealing with some grief and I just found the whole process to be really gnarly. It was like I had to get in the car, drive there, sit in the waiting room, run into someone from high school, do the thing, leave. It was just like, to be honest, emotionally draining. I would have way rather have done it from the comfort of my home which is why I am very, very excited to tell you guys about BetterHelp because it's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online in your home. And why I wanted to work with them is because everything you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. It checks all the boxes. And I just think there's so many people dealing with so many different issues or feelings right now. There's been a lot this year that I think to be able to work with a licensed professional counselor in your home is powerful. And I really wish I had this when I was 18 years old. If you are dealing with depression, stress, anxiety, relationship trouble, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, they got you, okay? The service is available for clients worldwide. And the best part is it's affordable and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. I think offline counseling is extremely expensive. So to be able to have this option is incredible. And they also have financial aid. I would definitely check out BetterHelp. We want you to start living a happier, more peaceful life today. And as a Skinny Confidential, him and her listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com skinny. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash skinny. Oh, that's a great question. So I think the number one thing is actually waking up a bit earlier than you would. That just builds this self-confidence inside of you. And you talk about this too, you know, discipline, keeping promises to yourself, it builds confidence. I think that was Ed Milet's thing that he said as well, right? I love him too. I've done interviews with him too. He's amazing. I need to listen. Is it on your podcast? Yeah, yeah. I went to his house in Laguna a year and a half ago and he's so nice. How have I not listened to that? I always search his name on the podcast app. Oh, well, I need to figure out my SEO because I, yeah. 
He's amazing. But anyway, going back to the point. So everyone go listen to that. I'm sure it's great. It it was really great. But yeah, so, you know, the small things like just start with waking up a little bit earlier, keeping these promises to yourself and doing it small steps. Like you don't need to overwhelm yourself. So many people just don't do anything because they're overwhelmed with how much they think they should be doing. And I think this is a big reason why in my meditation app, Superhuman, I wanted to create these meditations for any time of the day because you can actually start doing things like this while doing other things. Like you can multitask. So sometimes in the morning, if I'm really not in the mood to do a seated meditation, I'll put on like a chill in meditation while doing my makeup and getting ready. And I still feel like I got that in because it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm, Instead of listening to music, I'm just flooding my brain with these positive affirmations, getting myself in a state, priming myself. If you learn a routine to help you prime yourself in the morning, no matter what that looks like, you're set for the day. I always like to say, and this is a quote that I, I made, and I'm really, really happy with how a lot of people have kind of, a lot of people like this quote and, and they post it on their backgrounds, on their phones and stuff, because it's such a great reminder. Um, your mornings create your days and your days create your weeks, your weeks create your months and your months create your years and that. your years are your life. Like we all know this, but think about it in that way, in that structure. It all starts with your morning. So if your morning is kind of shitty, then your day is going to be kind of shitty. And then if you look at that from a big picture view, you know, you're not investing in yourself in the morning because that's like, you know, in the big picture, your life is going to be just a bit more shitty. But if you really prime yourself in the morning and just practice a little bit of discipline, your day changes and then your years change and your life changes. And then you don't wake up one morning when you're 80 years old regretting. And that's my biggest fear. I love that quote. That's unbelievable. I want you to speak on weight loss. And the reason I want you to speak on weight loss is to me, it doesn't seem like you just started eating healthy. It seems like there was a lot of different things mentally that you changed to drop 20 pounds. Oh, it's all mental. It's, it's, it's literally just all mental. That's it. You have to change your self-image. Why, like, you're not the kind of person who struggles around food anymore. That, like, you need to change your self-image. Nothing in your life will change until your self-image changes. So what I like to do when I want to change something in my life now, I figure out what, what, the kind of, what kind of person has what I want, and then I become that person. So it's all about self-image. You know, if you want to lose weight, if you feel like it's hard and if you feel like, oh, like I just, it runs in my family. It's not easy for me. It's easy for that person, but not me. That's a narrative. That's what you're going to get. It's a narrative. But if you really start repro- reprogramming your mind and rewiring your thoughts and how you think and how you feel every day, and you start acting as if you're the kind of person that is living in the in the most amazing body effortlessly, the healthiest, most radiant version of yourself effortlessly, that's what you're going to get. I actually wanted it to be easy. And so I programmed my mind to think living in the body I want to be in is effortless. I didn't want it to be hard. And then guess what started happening the more I did that? And this is a meditation I just visualized and used mental rehearsal in my mind to overcome my old binge eating disorder because I used to always binge. When I was younger, especially as a teenager, I'd, you know, binge and purge. I'm not really, I haven't even spoken about that that much, but I used to throw up a a lot when I was younger and I had eating issues, like really bad ones. And the main thing that helped me was mental rehearsal and meditation, thinking of myself and getting myself into this state. And I've actually created meditations for binge eating on my on my app because it really helped me and it's helped a lot of people. In the meditation, you essentially use mental rehearsal to think of yourself in the situation where you're about to binge. And then you stop yourself. And then you reprogram your mind to think differently in the moment and you practice it in meditation. So much so 
that when you're in the real life situation where you have that trigger, you're feeling anxiety, you have a fight with your boyfriend, you want to binge, whatever it is, you actually stop for a second and you think differently. And the more that you use that mental rehearsal, the more your real life is going to change because our minds don't know the difference between something intensely visualized and real life. So to reprogram your mind and start acting and being different, you need to visualize it. So how do you implement meditation? And, and I want to know from first, I want to know in your morning, night, day, what is your like your real life meditation? And then maybe you can give someone a tip on how to how to be very soft with it to start. Yes, absolutely. So for me, I always do a seated meditation once a day at least. And um, not, you know, listen, I want to say once a day at least, but there are definitely days where I'm not perfect. And like I said before, I'll do a chill in meditation when I'm getting ready because I'm just not in the mood. But I'll do a seated meditation in the morning. If I had a long night or, you know, I'm feeling bloated because I was, you know, walking all day yesterday or something, my legs are puffy, I'll do like a legs up wall laying meditation, which I actually have a whole category in Superhuman. Ooh, that's Legs up wall meditation. It's like an inversion yoga pose that they use for lymphatic drainage and inflammation. So, you know, you can do like an eight minute legs up wall meditation and you're visualizing, you know, like I have one for de-bloating and that's like so helpful because often if I eat late or something, I'll feel kind of bloated and I'll just want to wake up in the morning and feel refreshed and energized. So I'll do that or just a classic seated one, you know, throughout your day. So my main theory is that when I used to meditate and I would just do a seated one in the morning, I felt amazing at that time. But then I would go on with my day and I'd get back to the old self. So I only felt great during and right after that morning meditation. So I thought to myself, how do I make sure I feel like I'm in this heightened, primed state all day long? And that's why I created walking meditations, grocery shopping meditations, cooking meditations, cleaning meditations, chill-in meditations, like literally a meditation for every single time of your day. So you can do other things while you're listening and you're just priming your mind subconsciously while doing everyday activities. And that's where real change happens. It's like have you heard of like the Pavlov's dog theory sure. where like, you know, he, the dog salivate, salivate when the bell rings, you know, that's what you're doing with these meditations. If you, every time you walk to work, if you listen to a walking meditation soon enough, you don't even need to be listening to the meditation to be walking to work as your best self, feeling full of life and energized and motivated and clear minded. So the more that you do these everyday activities as your best self and you teach your brain to associate these new thoughts and feelings with everyday actions, the more you're going to change. And that is where, where real change happens. And if you, you know, you were just asking me, where did my change happen? When I started really doing this work, like committing to myself, I dabbled in it for years. When I committed to myself about a year and a half ago, everything's changed. Like the growth that I've seen in the past 16, 18 months has been monstrous. It's because I'm doing this. I'm doing it throughout my entire day. So you're just meditating wherever you can possibly meditate. I, it's not even meditation though. Like I use that word because that's like, when I was relaunching my app, like I almost didn't call it meditation because it's it's just like really amazing music set to like affirmations, getting you into that state. It's not spiritual. My, my meditations aren't spiritual at all. They're more like, pragmatic to the point, motivational. It's just like motivating on top of great music. It's just like a vibey kind of modern approach to meditation. I, I have a theory that I've been trying to articulate in my head and in my brain. And you've been, you, you're talking about like basically manifesting this version of the person that you really want to be. I actually think that a lot of the reasons so many people in the upcoming generations in our generation are unhappy is because 
the business of social media, the business of podcasting, the business of YouTube, the business of putting yourself out there online has become so big, right? It's like you're curating this whole environment where, you know, people are making business out of it. They're getting social validation. They're, you know, making friends. All it's it's become obviously an integral part of our life. But with that comes the first time in history where you are putting yourself out there for the world to judge at a mass level. And I think what a lot of people are doing is they're looking at life now as almost like a formula. So what they're doing mm-hmm. is they're not actually authentically living them, their, 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 the life they really want to live. They're not being who they really want to be. They're doing what works for social media or what they think their peers will like, mm-hmm. attaching themselves to causes they don't really care about jumping into things that they that really has no importance to them, acting a certain way, dressing a certain way, all these things. And it's almost working counter to what you're talking about, which is, you know, if you if you were moving in the direction of wanting to live an empowered, authentic life that you found to be an enlightened life, like you're going in that direction. This, when you're constantly putting yourself out there in an inauthentic way in order to build a business, build a brand, get social validation, make sure your peers like you, attach yourself to a certain group, you're actually moving further and further away and making yourself more and more unhappy. And the reason I'm trying to articulate this is long-winded is I've been getting messages lately about people just saying like, oh, well, like you speak your mind or you say what you believe in. And, And the reason being is like, I don't think that's so novel. I think what's become novel is people not actually doing what they want to do and saying what they actually think. They're just going along with what they perceive to be the way that people want them to act. And I think it's creating a vast unhappiness and miserable existence for many people. Just here to talk about Versed again, because it is the cleanest drugstore skincare brand out there. This is important because ever since I started The Skinny Confidential, I've always really leaned in to budget finds. I even have a chapter in my book and it showcases all the products that you can find at the drugstore. And to know that there's a drugstore brand available now that's vegan, sustainably minded and hyper-focused on bringing you real results with good ingredients and it doesn't break your bank account is amazing. I wish that I had this option when I was in high school and especially college. And I was just trying to do anything I could for my skin. I remember I, you know, was living at my godparents' house and I didn't have a lot of options for skincare because I didn't have a lot of money. And I was literally using like olive oil and grapeseed oil. And it worked. It was great, but it would have been nice if I had had Versed. If you're going to start with a Versed product, I cannot say enough good things about their lip oil. Everyone's working on their skin. They're working on their neck. Some people are even taking it down to their hands, their tits, whatever. But I feel like people forget that the lips are also skin and we use our lips so much. And it's important to nourish the lips and keep them moisturized. So I really like this lip oil just during the day when I'm working out. It's really light. It feels nice. Sean Garrett was on Get the Fuck Out of the Sun podcast, and he said a lip oil is absolutely essential to fight lip wrinkles. So this also lays nice under lipstick and doesn't make your lipstick crack. I just feel like you can't go wrong with a lip oil. There's this cute, it's pink, it works, it's affordable, and I love it. I am definitely a fan. You're going to get 10% off for first-time users when you shop at Verskin.com with promo code SKINNY. Verse already offers skincare products at prices your bank account appreciates, and now they're giving you 10% off. All you have to do is use promo code SKINNY, available at firstskin.com, spelled V-E-R-S-E-D-S-K-I-N.com with promo code SKINNY.
I couldn't agree more. And by the way, I've listened to your podcast. I agree fully with all of your views on how toxic the world is right now. You know, we're going to use that term, you know, in the other way now, like the toxic cancel culture trolls. Like I, I have, I've experienced it and I find it very saddening. And I think the world right now is you're either going in, in one of two directions, you know, you're either doing your own thing and feeling motivated and happy and working on yourself and taking 100% responsibility for your life. And even though there are shitty circumstances in the world, you're fighting for what you want or on the completely other side, you're just following the herd and, and you're embodying this victim mentality and you're blaming other people for your problems and you're looking out for you're, you're looking to hate and to yell and to express yourself. Like I've never understood someone that will write a rude message to a celebrity online or someone with a following online. How, where well, do you, I, what, where does that person need to be to do that? Like I, think I it feel just, for I, them. I think it goes deeper than that. Cause I used to think like, I was kind of like, okay, it's this mentality, but I think it goes deeper. Like I want to do a podcast called how to think for yourself, because mm. I think what's happening is, is, is people aren't actually thinking for themselves and they actually, and they're not actually caring about the, th like, you know, they're putting yeah. it, they're not, act, they're, they're not, they're, they're getting in fights about things that they actually don't really care about, right? Like they're just attaching themselves to what the group is attaching uh -huh. themselves to. And if they actually thought for themselves and said, do I really care about this? Is this really important to me? A vast majority of people would be like, oh, not really. Or right? why is this triggering me? Yes. Why don't you ask yourself, why is this triggering me? Wait, am I feeling insufficient in this area of my life and I'm feeling triggered because I'm actually insecure? Is that why? Or is it because of X, Y, and Z or whatever it is? Like, is it actually about this person? It's probably not because for me, when, I, when I'm when i in a really happy place, if I see something I don't like online, guess what I do? I scroll past it and I don't care. I don't yell. I don't cause a fit. If it's not harming anyone else, I don't fucking care. You can do whatever you want. Like this, we have this culture now where you can't have a different opinion. You can't. There's things that people will completely disregard common sense completely. And because there's a group of people that says, we need to be this way. And if you're not this way, you are an outcast. You're an enemy. You are it's against whatever. And you're a bad person. And so what it's doing is it's creating this environment where people that put themselves out there and have an opinion are not actually sharing their real authentic opinions. They're, listen, and I'll tell you this and then I'll shut up. There are so many people I meet on this fucking show that say one thing on the show and after they're like, oh, like they tell me how they really feel and they're like, I can't really say it on there. And I'm like, why can't you say it on the air, right? So yeah. I, they, that can't just be with people going on podcasts and celebrities. That's everyday people. Mm -hmm. There's people that believe a certain thing, but they're scared to say what they actually believe. That's a very sad and dangerous time to be in the world. It's very dangerous. You're right. But if you look through history, you know, People, most of the time, the mass population like to just follow the crowd. And I guess maybe it's a like survival mechanism. I don't know what it is, but it's rooted in something. I just think, yeah, just being authentic and real. And I honestly think, though, the more work that you do on yourself, the more you're okay with being you and you're not worried what others think of you. And I noticed that myself when I was starting to do the work more. Like I literally, the first thing that the, the first massive change I noticed was me not caring what other people thought of me anymore because that was this huge thing for me when I was younger. I cared so much. I would try to find validation through other people and that just dropped. So I, I really think maybe that's a thing. And yeah, I just, it's not even worth talking about to an extent, to be honest with you. Like I, it just bores me now. Like I, I, I can't change other people. I can try to influence people in a positive way, but I'm not here the, to fight, you know? The I'm dangerous not. thing for creators and for celebrity, for people that make money, 
by endorsing other businesses and brands. And this is a dangerous thing. These oh, yeah. brands, we, like if you create an environment where a certain demographic of people get angry about what one creator says, those brands get sc- scared about their own well-being and they shut the campaigns down or they shut the sponsorship down so that person's money is hurt. And so what happens is you create an environment with people that have a responsibility to actually be their authentic self, not being their authentic self because they're more concerned about their paycheck than they are about actually living as themselves. I have a story for you off air. Yeah, no. I think like <laughs> what I tell people is like there's a very good chance I every week. I feel like we have a lot of stories. Well, there's a very good yeah, chance sure every week that some brand or somebody pulls out and says, hey, I don't like it. But I like that they're secondary to me actually being myself or Lauren actually yeah. being herself, right? Like I'll lose all of them if, if, I, if it yeah, makes me Yeah, I would like to talk myself. more yeah. about how you said that you cared so much what people think and now you don't. Is there something that you had an epiphany that you can pinpoint or is was it just slow over time and meditating, getting in tune with yourself? What, what did that look like? It's a great question. I think it was just, it was one of those things that happened the more that I learned. And I think the number one thing that that I did starting in this journey was read. I read every personal development success book I could. I was obsessed. And every time I would read one, I'd get so motivated and inspired. And I just started not caring. It just happened because I also started seeing the people around me just as human beings. I didn't put them on a pedestal anymore. And I valued myself more. So I wasn't underneath them. And now I just feel like I'm an equal, like, you know, I'm, I'm equal. And, you know, everyone's just human. And and they're doing the best that they can with what they have in life. And there's a beautiful rawness about that. Like, I'm not, like, honestly, I really, I rarely, I rarely get nervous anymore. I rarely feel inferior. And that's because I'm, I'm confident. And I think it's amazing to feel this way. And I hope that, that I hope everyone listening, everyone in this world can experience that because once you get to this level of just being really happy with you, you don't react as much anymore. You are understanding of more people. You approach situations in a different way. Like even my boyfriend's noticed tremendously my change because we've been dating for four years and you know, he's been with me from the beginning of my massive transformation. He's seen it all. I'm a completely different person, but we have like our relationship has benefited insanely from this. And he's done his own work as well, of course. But, you know, it's it's just every part of your life gets better. And things that you used to react to, you just don't react as much anymore. And you actually start thinking with a clear mind every day and, and you're just you and that's it. One thing I admire about you is that you execute. A lot of people, you know, they have ideas and they don't execute. How do you set your day up to execute and how do you end your night to execute in the morning? That's a great question. I love how you asked the night thing too because I really believe your morning routine starts the night before. So at night, I'll start with night. I really try not to be watching TV right before bed. You know, my boyfriend and I love, love watching The Office after dinner sometimes. And, you know, we love having that relaxation time. But at around 9, 9.30, I'm in bed and I'm reading a romance novel or a, no- or a book on like dolphins or like something very vanilla where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep feeling just calm and relaxed relaxed. And sometimes I'll do a night meditation. I have loads on the app that I love to use because the frequencies we use in there help you sleep better. But then I just go to sleep and I usually go to sleep around 10 and I wake up around six. And when I wake up, I try to get into sunlight right away. So we have a beautiful view of the ocean um, at my home in the Bahamas. So I'll go outside and I'll take my big bottle of water and just very slowly wake up. I actually cut coffee a couple weeks ago, which we need to talk about. Because Completely or just for a period of time? Oh, I'll, I'll maybe have it once in a while in the future, but I was addicted. 
Like over the past five years, I never went one morning without my one cup of coffee. And that one cup of coffee created a lot of issues for me hormonally and for my anxiety. So I got my hormones tested, like I was telling you off air. And and honestly, the coffee needed to cut for a bit. And and it was really difficult at first because I thought, you know, I was always the person that said, I'm never giving it up. It's my source of joy. But I actually feel fine without it. My my hormones have been a lot more balanced and it's been a stressful time with me with the new app. So just launching that. So I just kind of wanted to give my adrenals a break. But anyway, so I wake up in the morning, fresh air, sunlight, no phone. Like we all know this. If you want to be happier, don't go on your phone in the morning. Like just don't. Don't, don't reinforce Lauren. She's going she's gonna, she's gonna to stare <laughs> Trust at me. Trust me, try it for a week. I want to take my phone and chuck it off a building when I wake up. I don't want it anywhere near me. Don't even look at it for no. 20 minutes. Like, just try for 20 minutes. Turn it on airplane mode the night before. Put it in a cupboard. Don't even look at but it. But how does... I actually want to know this, and Michael's going to say I'm not looking at it from anyone else's perspective besides my own. How does anyone want to wake up and either look at what other people are doing or stare at blue light. It just, it's so... I'll tell you why. It's ugh, addictive. It's ugh. an its an addiction. It's the last thing on earth I want to do when I wake up. I don't get it. Sure, I think... no. Or but turn I think, on the news. Oh, that's better yet. Yeah. Let's turn on the news no, and see what's that's, wrong in the world. That's way worse. Because right. you're not okay with sitting with your own thoughts. Or scrolling through Twitter to see everything that's negative. I don't want to do that for my morning. This is a new thing that I feel like needs to be on everyone's radar. And this is something that would totally be featured on the Skinny Confidential. Like I need to feature it on the Skinny Confidential immediately. And that is a hydro jug. So I already have problems drinking water. It's just very hard to remember to drink water. But to have this hydro jug go with me everywhere, I'm telling you, it's so efficient. I like to sex up my water. I like to put lemon and mint and ginger it's light. It's not too heavy, but I can just drink it wherever while I'm multitasking makes such a difference. They have this glass hydro jug. It's so cute. It has an oversized grip handle and it's fixed. This is so crazy at the perfect angle. So I don't have to use two hands to drink from the jug. Like a lot of these really sort of heavy cups, I can just use one and it comes with a silicone sleeve. So it's not slipping out of my hand and it's protected and it's insulated. So it stays cold for longer, which we love. Mine is really Instagram worthy. I got this pink one. It has white detail. It's absolutely adorable. I will either put it in the fridge waiting for me the next morning or I'll just put it by my bed. So I have the option to drink nice, cold, chilled water when I wake up. My favorite part of the whole thing is their lid. There's no lid on the market like this. It includes this flip cap and it's a dual function sip spout. And Zaza even drinks out of this. It's like this detachable straw. It's really nice. You can just sip from the straw or remove the straw and pour it like normal. I'm into this for drinking more water. It's cute. It works. It gets the job done and you want it on your Instagram stories. Get your hydro jug at www.thehydrojug.com. Use discount code SKINNY to get 10% off your order today. Hydro drugs are game changers for anyone on the go. Again, use code SKINNY at thehydrojug.com to get 10% off today and start hydrating today. I think you're going to love this. This is a great gift for the holidays too. I also, I, I really also think it depends the relationship you have with your phone. I don't look at my phone as a source of like a place where people can ask me for things. I know that sounds very strange. I have 686 unread text messages right now. 
Wow, that's you, a true. That's true. If you wow. text me, Do you you're probably text me back. No, no. Um, and it's not because I'm like like ignoring people. I just I don't look at my phone as a place where someone can actually come to ask me for something. I think a lot of people look at their phone as the place where people ask them yeah. their email, their text message, their DMs. Everything's like something. I look at my phone as a place to be productive and service me. Mm. Right. And so if you have service, you what do you mean? You're like jacking like, up to look, porn okay, in the bathroom. I need to, I need to communicate a message, <laughs> or I need to yes, I need to look at porn. I know, whatever it is, I think so many. Try people, cutting out the porn. Maybe no, you hope you won't more clear minded too. I was kidding on the porn, but people have this relationship with their phone where it is their constant place to be reached, their inbox, yeah. their place where people can ask and make requests of them. And I think if you're if you have that relationship with the phone and you pick it up every morning, then you're constantly working on somebody else's ass. Well, unfortunately for creators, we work off our phones. So sure. that's a little bit that's No, little you're little not bit. checking your phone in the morning because you're checking work. You're you're checking it because it releases dopamine in your brain. 100%. It's an addiction. I want to say something. Yeah, Almost, you're looking at memes. Pretty much everybody <laughs> in the world now works off their phone to some degree. Some more than others, but it's not fair to just say it for creators. That, that's for executives, that's for business people, that's for people, that's for we everybody. Do, we do work off of our phone sure. 24-7. But it's the relationship people have with their phone is making it the place where it's okay to just allow any request or ask to come in. Okay, Mimi, go back to what you were talking about. You don't check your phone. Go ahead. Yes, the first at, at least 20 minutes. I really try. Don't even look at it. Yeah, I'll make my my greens drink. So since I've been cutting out coffee, my new morning routine is my green morning, I call it, where I have my greens powder mixed with water water and half What's a lemon. What's the brand? Do you know I'm an Organifi. That. Okay. I actually love them. Like they're amazing. Okay. So I use their green juice. So I mix it and the ingredients are amazing too. Like my hormone, my naturopath doctor, she told me, I showed her the ingredients and she was like, yes, use that. It's really good. So they're actually a podcast sponsor too, funny enough, but I use them every single day. I don't like, I, I don't have that many, uh, I don't say yes to many collaborations because I kind of just promote my my meditations. But when it when I do, it's, it's very aligned. So yeah, they're amazing. So my green juice with half a lemon and I drink that with a little bit of ice and I sit on my balcony and I watch the ocean while I drink that like, very low cortisol morning. In the Bahamas. In I the think Bahamas. that sounds super low cortisol. Oh, the birds chirping. Oh. It's a dream. And then, yeah, then I'll go in and, and I'll kind of get my morning routine stuff out, which is like my journal. I have my desk with like my vision board, my journal. I do a whole kind of writing thing every morning. I love to write just a diary, like a journaling diary, to-do list, kind of a bit of everything on my mind. Um, and then I'll make my matcha. I'll do like an oat milk matcha latte. So that's kind of my replacement to coffee. Um, kind of trying to figure out how I can replace the oat milk with something because I know oat milk isn't like the best for you, but I enjoy it and I have it. You got to live. You got to live. You want your oat milky, your oat milk. Yeah, I'm still having my oat milk. And then like an hour or two later around like 10 a.m., I'll have my green smoothie. So that's my green morning, my three green drinks. And I feel freaking amazing after. And it's like I have spinach and spirulina and flax seeds and frozen mango and frozen banana. I just have it all in there. And um, I love it. Michael's so. been making a green juice for three days. So he thinks he's an expert on it. Listen, all right. Yeah. Michael's been doing a green smoothie too. You know what you're missing that she just mentioned? Spirulina. Yes, yep. you're missing spirulina. It. Oh, it's so good for you. And your thyroid, it's really good for hormones as women especially. House? Your daughter is made from spirulina. She's literally head to toe spirulina. Well, oh. well, a few other things too. But, yeah, but, but she's yeah. also, she's a lot <laughs> of Did you have a lot of spirulina? I you had spirulina every day. Oh my God. Spirulina. So good for you. Yes. That was another tip for my hormone doctor when we were trying to balance my hormone. She was like, have spirulina every day. What are some wellness things that you do every single day besides green juice and meditation? Is there any like little tiny things yes. that you find? I don't know, a shot of apple cider vinegar, a certain skincare brand you love. What are little tiny things you do for yourself? 
And I'm honestly not saying this just because I'm on your podcast, but I use your ice roller every day. Oh, thank you. That's very, very nice. No, I really do. And in the Thanks morning- Thanks for coming on the show. No, I actually, I, I ice roll and I depuff because I am a bloated person sometimes. And I I love just just taking care of my skin in that way. I have a very beautiful skincare routine that I, I really enjoy doing. So I'll put toner on, I'll put some oil, do my gua sha, and then I'll do the rest of my skincare and then ice roll or ice roll then the rest of my skincare. Yeah, probably that that direction or that order. Yeah, I really, really just love taking care of myself and my skin and making it a meditative process. Like I really think the trick to wellness, in my opinion, is to really pay attention to the small things and to be present in the moment when you're doing these things. If you're just gua shaing and ice rolling because like it just has, you have to get it, you know, checked off your list. It's just not going to be as enjoyable. Like take your time, sit down and like, like massage your face and look at yourself in the mirror. Connect with yourself. Like, how do you feel today? Like, what is it like actually being conscious, <laughs> like for a moment, not thinking about other things? Like, what is it like doing your skincare and like taking the time to like brush out your eyebrows, like just being with yourself? And I know a lot of people listening are like, okay, who has the time for that? It doesn't need to take more than five minutes. I like my skincare routine takes five minutes. Like I do it quickly, but I do it intentionally, intentionally. Yeah, I think that's a game changer with everything in life. Like your life is just passing you by. Why don't you enjoy where you are right now? And I always like to say with personal development, you know, we're goal-seeking creatures, humans. So I like to live in the sweet spot between the present moment and striving for more because just living in the present moment, you know, all of the time, like I want to like, I like doing goal setting things. I like to move towards goals and achieve things. So my personal sweet spot is living in the moment while striving for more, but being happy where I am while wanting more. And I think that's such a, such an important thing. Ed Milet calls that blissfully dissatisfied. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think that that's like a perfect, what you're saying, it's, yeah. it's blissfully dissatisfied, being blissful, but you're still dissatisfied. Um, I would love to know more about your app. I really have recommended it to my audience. I think for meditation, it's incredible. I know that you relaunched it with a new name. Yeah. Maybe you could tell us about where to find it. Yeah. I don't know if you want to do a code, pimp it out. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So Superhuman, if you just go to the app store and type in Superhuman, or you can go to the website to see free meditations and sign up there, just superhuman.app. And yeah, it's it's been an incredible new launch. It used to be called Mimi Method. And honestly, it was a very big decision to do the big rebrand um, and to change the app and make it all custom. And we've put a lot into this and I'm really proud of it. The same developers that made Headspace have made my app and wow. I went to the best of the best. Yeah, like I, I really hired on the most elite team I could find and I put all the money I made from the business so far back into it and it's already just paid off and and I wanted it to be a platform that would be appealing to everyone. It's for both men and women and there's categories literally for every part of your day. And if you are new to meditation, you got to try this out. It's not It's not scary. It's not overly spiritual and woo. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's just not me. And you can listen to them at any time of the day. I have like one of my members, she was really not into meditation and she was really scared to kind of get into this space because she was just like, no, I get bored when I meditate. It's just not for me. I'm not the kind of person that meditates, which by the way, I used to always say that that was me, which is funny because I was just doing the wrong types of meditation. And then she started using my walking meditations every day to work. She would do her walking meditation and her 
her life like really changed quickly. And then she started integrating, you know, like a cooking meditation while she was making dinner. And she wasn't changing what she was doing during the day. She was just swapping music with a walking meditation or a cooking meditation. And over like literally like two months, she just like realized that her life was completely different. And she started seeing things so differently and she started seeing new opportunities and everything changed for her. And there are so many stories like that. I have thousands of members and you know, if if anyone listening right now is interested, there's a 14-day free trial and money-back guarantee. So it's pretty risk-free. <laughs> I love that because whenever I find myself listening to like a gossip podcast, I try to, I mean, once in a while, it's fine, but I don't want to constantly inundate myself mm-hmm. with gossip. And I think you're so right. While you're cooking, while you're putting your makeup, if you can find that time to just use it to do something productive, I think that's really smart. What's a book, a podcast, a resource that you would leave our audience with? Okay, Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza, the book. It's a great Read book. Read it. He's a huge inspiration of mine. I've been to his week-long events. He really, his his work has changed my life. You are very, very entrepreneurial. Thank you so much for coming on. I see huge, I mean, you already are doing huge things, but I see huge things for you. Pimp yourself out. Tell us where to find you on Instagram and give us your, your app, where to find it one more time. Okay, perfect. Yes, yeah, so... You can find me at Mimi Bouchard on Instagram and just go to superhuman.app or type in superhuman in the app store and you'll find it there. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for making the trip. Thank yes, you. We got to come out to the Bahamas. Like. Yeah, I want to uh, go to the Bahamas yeah. and sip my Organifi <laughs> lemon water while I'm I've been, listening I've been to the watching the, the, what is it called? The Lost, the, the Lost Kingdom of Pirates or the Pirate oh, Lost yeah. Kingdom. My boyfriend is watching that. Because it's like NASA. Yeah. NASA was obviously a yeah. huge like... Pirates there. Point. You know, yeah. there's probably gold if you guys want to come. I want to go to the Bahamas and relax and get, get my, my scuba gear. Let me get out there. No, yeah. no, 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 no. And, and we'll, we have to bring a nanny if we go. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mimi, thank you for coming on. I am going on her podcast right now, you guys. She is also going to be on a project I am working on coming soon. Stay tuned. Mimi, you're adorable. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. You should also know that Mimi was recently on Get the Fuck Out of the Sun, my limited series podcast with Dear Media, where we talk all things skin, beauty, Botox, meditation, everything. We go deep without Michael, so there's no interruptions. You have to go listen to her on that episode because it's a limited series, and I know you want more of Mimi. Of course, Mimi also offered to give away 15 memberships to her meditation app, the Superhuman app. All you have to do to win is follow at Mimi Bouchard and at Superhuman App on Instagram and tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest post at Lauren Bostick. 